Hello, welcome to Late to Liberty, episode nine. Tonight, I am joined with Alex Schlegel. Hello, everybody. I am Otto Dassing. And tonight, our special guest is Angela McArdle. Hi, thanks for having me. Heck yeah, thanks for coming on. So give us the whole update, like what's going on with the chair run, um, everything going on. Oh, the update. What's going on with the chair run? Yeah, well, yeah. that's pretty That's pretty broad. Yeah. Well, I'm going to visit a whole lot of conventions. Um, does, should I talk about why I'm running or? Get, tell us all about it. Yeah. Okay. We... Let's do it. <laughs> so I, I chair Los Angeles County. I'll give you a little bit of background information, but not too much because I talk about it all the time. So everybody's probably already heard it who's listening to this. Anyway, I chair LA County and I absolutely love doing it. Uh, LA County is huge. We've got over 240 active members, plus a bunch of stragglers who you know, are chronically behind on dues renewal, plus a bunch of non-voting anarchists who come to all of our meetings and pay attention and, and participate You know, because it's fun and anti-government, You know, at least enough that they can, uh, they can stand to be around us. And uh, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job of whipping up a really messy affiliate into shape. We are pretty, pretty well functioning at the county level and working on all kinds of really awesome stuff. The only thing that would really tear my attention away from LA County would be cleaning up national because I think it's so important because when people go and they, they're interested in libertarianism, maybe they talked about it from a friend, they heard about it on this podcast or in some other respect. So they go and they're like, okay, well, I wanna look up the Libertarian Party. So they go to Google and they type in Libertarian Party because that's about what most people are gonna search for. They're not gonna look up Libertarian Party of whatever your county is or your state, or they're just gonna type up Libertarian Party. And what they're gonna see is uh, you know some embarrassing stuff on Twitter <laughs> some really milk toast messaging, right? Yeah. Uh, people fighting, yep. uh, people arguing about it, and it's not not libertarians uh, versus uh, statists arguing. You see libertarians mocking and ridiculing the national LP, <laughs> and I can't imagine being someone new and interested, opening up my computer or smartphone, looking at that and being like, "Yeah, man." Yeah. That sounds yeah. Good. I want to join this party. <laughs> yeah, that's not, does uh, a bad thing, right? So, so, you know, that's one of the main reasons that I'm running for chair of the National Party is we need to clean this thing up. It has so much potential. It's a really good vehicle for messaging. It's a great vehicle for stirring up grassroots movement and participation at the local level as well, if it's done right. So I'm you know, doing a mini national tour this year, I'm hitting up maybe seven conventions so far that I can attend uh, to try to talk about not just, you know, why I want to run for national chair and why people should vote for me, because obviously I need to convince people of that. But I also want to talk about what great work LA County has been doing and how we have been defying the lockdowns. I really think that this is the best messaging that I can give for why people should vote for me for chair of national is the work that I'm already doing and what a great cohesive group of people we have in LA County and what principled messaging should really look like and what outreach to the left should look like and what coalition building with Republicans should look like. The whole thing, that's what we've been doing in LA and I would like to bring it to the national stage as well. Uh, let's get functional, right? Let's, Let's make this party something that we're proud of, not something that we sort of awkwardly tiptoe around when we're trying to introduce people to libertarian ideology. 100%, yeah, because I mean, just, it's embarrassing they're so silent on the lockdowns. I mean, it's been yeah. awful. And what you're doing, I remember it was the last Mises conference call, you were talking about the films that are being put out and I saw the one you did that uh, I believe it was a diner. Um, that was awesome, by the way. But um, tell us a little bit about that, like the, the anti-lockdown protests you've been doing out in California and the videos that you've been putting out as well. Yeah, so we have hosted two protests, two, three, 
We've hosted three protests. Uh, the last one was like a slash Joe Jorgensen sign waving campaign. Our first one had 750 people. It was wild. Yeah, it was, that's awesome. Yeah, it was right on the steps of uh, the city council building in Los Angeles, right at, you know, right at uh, the place where Mayor Garcetti issues all of his horrendous edicts. It was a great group of people. You've got libertarians, conservatives, apolitical people, Democrats, plenty of people with signs that said Democrats against Newsom. People who were there saying, I'm undocumented, I don't have a voice, you know, politically, but I'm here to protest. Because of course, everybody knows, right, LA County has a lot of uh, undocumented slash illegal immigrants here and they're a huge part of our economy they really make things happen and uh, they don't get unemployment or these stupid crappy stimulus checks when the economy and their their livelihoods are ripped away from them so we've just been out you know trying to message and represent everyone not just libertarians not just liberty friendly conservatives not just center-left Democrats, like everyone. And the message, the message has really resonated. People are absolutely fed up with California's politics and they really appreciate Libertarian Party speaking out for them and trying to give people a message of hope too and saying, you know, like everything that's happened here is terrible, but we really do believe that we have the power to kind of pick things back up off the ground, you know, get the economy going. Let's participate in black markets, let's protest, let's organize and support each other and do everything we can. So instead of just being a loud complaining voice, we're trying to also be the party that facilitates, you know, economic uh, activity and recovery. And that's what I'd like to see National do too. Awesome. Hell yeah. Like, it's very pathetic that they're just, they're, they're so, they don't even have an opinion on it. They haven't even said anything. It's just been silence the entire yeah. time and it's yep. it's pathetic and it's only at the state levels various states parties are actually putting in the work and actually doing like bringing awareness to probably it's the biggest issue right now the biggest anti-liberty issue and you figure the libertarian party would be fucking on it and they're not it's pathetic i don't know how much uh i don't so like we're about liberty, right? We're about freedom. And so when I think about freedom, the first thing I think about is the, is the freedom to like walk around. I think about not being in prison. Prison is the antithesis of liberty. You're, you're locked up, you're in a cage. And that's basically what our government has done to us. They've put us on house arrest. So I can't understand when people say, oh, well, you know, the lockdowns, they're a problem obviously, but that shouldn't be our priority in messaging. This is like a, a fundamental axiom of libertarian philosophy is freedom for nonviolent people to move about freely. And uh, yeah, are there other issues that we should talk about? Well, sure, you know, police brutality is an issue we should talk about. Uh, that, that did get addressed. Could have been addressed maybe with a little bit more finesse, but it got mentioned. Uh, the debt, you know, that's been addressed. I don't think that we've been as bombastic about it as we could have been. Uh, but at least we, we've gone there. There's, there's plenty of other things we should talk about, but we need to get our priorities in order. We, we talked about it. Uh, it was a couple, it was right around the election. It was literally the night of the election. Otto, you remember we did a podcast uh -huh. for Late to Liberty and it was, it was, you figure the night of the election, like, dear Lord, what the, what the fuck? We, we don't even know the results. We don't know what the hell's going on. Either option is terrible. And LP National put out the uh, the sex workers that were for sex work, and I'm like, that's great. That's great. Okay, I think most libertarians can agree on that. But is that high on the priority of liberty issues right now? On yeah. election night. <laughs> on yeah, election right. night, and it put out, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, and it, it, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to bring up the individual that was on, but it's like, why? Like, this is not it just shows they're so tone deaf and out of touch with your average everyday person who just wants to be left the fuck alone. And, and they're so out of touch with that. The lockdown's the biggest issue right now. Uh, yeah. And, and it's pathetic. So it's and, absolute clown world to pretend like it's not <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And um, so like, as you know, we're, you know, I'm Mises caucus. So is Alex. Like, you know, um, we're here in Baltimore. Um, and, you know, we've been saying we've been screaming about this for a few years about the messaging coming from national. Uh, most of the time, the pushback we hear, even here locally, is that, well, that's not national's job. Like, that's not what the chair does. But what can you tell us that, you know, and tell the people like about 
how can we change messaging if that's not the role of the chair? Well, it is the role of the chair to help fill the social media committee. So there you go. The, the chair helps to fill the social media committee. And this is all stuff that you guys can look up in the operating procedures manual. Um, this is all available at lp.org. It's hidden because the website is kind of clunky and not very effective either. You know, that's another thing that I'd like to get cleaned up a little bit, but absolutely. And, and the chair also controls uh, a lot of the staffing positions. The chair has a lot of say over these things. Does he have a hundred percent control? No, but a lot of say more influence than not. And, uh, it really, it makes a difference who you put on com committees. It makes a difference who you put on staff. Another thing that should really happen is maybe, you know, a lot of these committees I think are too top heavy with supervision and they move very slowly and people aren't empowered to do things and we don't see a lot get done at the national level. I, I think instead of trying to micromanage everything and make people beg for permission to do things, you should get a quality group of people and you should empower them to go out and just do their job and you don't have to supervise every little thing that you do. Having said that, you should probably also have a plan. Like this is what we like to communicate through messaging through uh, social media. This is what we'd like to communicate this year over the next three months, over six months through our email marketing campaigns. This is what we would like people to speak about in press releases and sort of craft a narrative and a message. Who's our target demographic? I don't ever hear anybody at LP National talk about target demographics for messaging. Who is this reaching? What, you know, is it, is it really reaching uh, mostly like single white males ages 18 to 45? Okay, well, if we wanna just roll with that, let's try to reach them. If that's not good enough, then why don't we work on reaching out to other demographics and do targeted messaging? But that sort of stuff is not, I don't ever hear about that in any reports. You know, I scroll through stuff. I take a look at as much as I possibly can. And it's just like, it's very unprofessional. Um, and the Mises Caucus, you know, we get grief for being, I don't know, too like edge lordy or, oh, we're controversial. We're actually doing a really good job of growing and reaching out to our target demographics. So, you know, I got to hand it to us for actually making good on our word. We said we're going to grow and increase fundraising and, you know, get awareness for other libertarians. That's who our target demographic is. What a shock, right? Libertarians. So right. Uh, I really think national can do the same thing. I don't think it needs to be cookie cutter from the Mises caucus, but we can put out bold principled messaging. And uh, I think that's kind of what the world needs right now, man. I don't know. We're all still in house arrest here in California. Right. And, you know, Maryland, we're not too far different. Uh, things are pretty much the same here. And um, yeah, but like even today, um, we, we have uh, we had Rob Stratton on last week of the Radical Caucus. And we also had Michael Heiss on. And we talked about this this principal pack between both caucuses. And just today, like I, I was scrolling through Facebook and if, or I think it might have been yesterday at this. You know, but it was they the Libertarian Radical Caucus posted this just uh, something I've never seen national do at all and it's something that they easily could have done and i know it's really not you know it doesn't really pertain to what we're talking about now but uh, just to read it for people who had, didn't see it it just says it's a meme and it just says repeal all copyright law libertarians and anarchists do not support pulling books off the market if there are people who want to read them without state granted privilege of copyright anyone could publish whatever they want libertarian radical caucus so it's like stuff like that like something like small image that you can just share around and just get trigger people's instantaneous like whoa like what does that mean like what do you mean copyright like repeal copyright law like what is this about yeah. you know and stuff like simple messaging like that that goes so far to people like me who are receptive i mean i guess i'm i'm already in you know they already got me hook line, hook, line and sinker but you know there's other people who are out there who might be open they might be looking for uh, you know some bait you know to bite onto and it's just like why aren't we doing more of this why aren't I, my big thing is, is why isn't the Twitter from LP the national like Wendy's Twitter? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like we don't have to go full Michael Malice. You're that's right. my pre that's my preference. You know that. Yeah. My but my personal preference aside, maybe we could just go Wendy's. Wendy's. Um, <laughs> I think I think that would be great. You know, and that's a great way to message to people on the left too, is to talk about. Uh, IP laws, because what are they always up in arms about? The pharmaceutical uh, copyrights and 
or patents and how destructive they are to people who need insulin and this and that and the other. Uh, this is a really like a softball intellectual property, but you know, it's, that would just be too exciting. And so we can't, can't have nice things. We can't have nice things yet, but I hope that we can in the future. So what, what could you do to help us get to finally get to the, um, Oh shoot! Well, we were well, me and Alex both were we were delegates of the convention. That's where we met you. Um, I, don't, mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, you, I'm sure you met a bunch of people, but uh, but um, we what was it the the thing we didn't get to at the end? Oh man, I'm sorry, blank. Platform. platform, platform. Thank you. Like there was a big uh, you know, anti IP platform. Like I was so excited to get to. I'm sitting there like a little kid, like just waiting <laughs> for it. Like oh, let's get to this. Let's get to this. And it just mm -hmm. never happened. We spent like a whole, a whole day with a <sighs> stupid app. Oh my oh, man. god. Oh man, oh. let me let me let me deep dive into this one. Please, okay, so okay, so here's how I'll make sure that we could uh, do a better job of trying to get to the platform is to run a better meeting. This is like the <laughs> most boring, lame thing that I can say, but but wow, like after that convention, I realized how incredibly important it was. I can literally run a meeting. Um, LA County, man, I got to tell you, when I inherited that, it was a mess. I had a group of people who their whole purpose was to just destroy the function of LA County. They thought it should be a figurehead in name only, and that it should not get any business done. So if you can imagine, like I had like 12 people like that, they would show up to my meetings and literally scream. We got thrown out of our meeting place upstairs in a private meeting room in a restaurant one time because of the screaming. Wow. But I managed to like wrangle that and get all of our meetings with the exception of that one night, get all of our business done, even with all of their screaming and everything. Like you can do it if you, well, if you have the guts to do it and to tell people to, to sit down and stop acknowledging them. And if you can make principled choices and not waffle and go back and forth because you don't like the outcome of certain votes. Um, and then you obviously you need to help people along if they don't know how to make a motion. This is not a role that you should be taking on if you don't have some uh, at least intermediate experience with Robert rules, Robert's rules of order. I know it's boring and you know, like, it's not like I'm giving out these copies of this book for Christmas, but uh, if you're going to run stuff, you need to be able to run it efficiently. And we saw how damaging it can be at the 2020 convention when the person in charge does not know what they're doing. So, so you're saying yeah. you're not, you're not going <laughs> to maliciously dump, uh, dump all this onto someone who's not really prepared to run a meeting or anything like that. That's correct. I won't cool. be maliciously right. dumping anything on and I already know how to run a meeting. And uh, if I did plan to dump anything on someone, I would make sure, sorry, my cat just knocked over a box and got terrified and ran away. Um, I would make sure that my vice chair actually knew how to run a meeting. I think this is pretty important. Actually in LA County, sometimes I do have to hand off the gavel to my vice chair, Rachel Nix. And lo and behold, she is able to run the meeting while I'm gone. It's it's pretty amazing. Like pretty amazing. I can't, I I did feel bad for it. Um, I've actually been the vice chair, and my old uh, I was I was a part of a union, and I was the vice chair. And my job at the time was just like, oh, just find a meeting place, and that. And then one time, like this guy, who uh, the chair or or the I'm sorry, the president, he had to step away, and um for like. I think it was like an emergency thing with his family, like the day before. And he's like, you run the meeting. I'm like, I do what? Like, and we, we had Robert's rules and I'm like, wait, I've been here for like eight years. I have no clue what I'm doing because I'd never been tasked to do it. And it wasn't that really important, but man, that was brutal. So I know how, I, I know how, um, how he felt being up there, but I mean, he did a better job than I did. I'll just say that. But uh, yeah, it's something that I, I need to get more familiar with. I think if we're going to do this stuff, parliamentary procedure. Do they have an audiobook of Robert's Rules? That sounds oh jeez. That'd be awful. That's, that oh, sounds terrible. That's brutal. I don't know. You can take you can take <laughs> online classes though, and it's like 25 bucks a module. They're not really expensive. So okay. if anybody's interested in becoming the chair, I, I think specifically chair and secretary are the two that really need to get it down. I have a hard enough time reading things I actually enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i have so many books it's like god damn it i, I gotta keep reading or you know it's like i can't I can't put this book down i gotta stay dedicated right. like or oh yeah there's so many good books i need to read it's like robert's rules would be like way down on the bottom. Not, but not me i probably I, would have to take a class i probably yeah. that's what i gotta do 
do the do the cheesy online class there's youtube tutorials too i you know i work in litigation and i get excited about reading civil procedure so i i have the stomach there, for there is this nerd part of me like uh, um so our yeah. chair uh, in maryland he asked he's like so what do you think about this like what do you what do you think about like about being on this this whole like i'm not and I, like I said before, like I was, I had exposure to it. I, I didn't really partake in it as much as I should have. So, but there's also a part of me that was like, I kind of like this stuff. I really like the tedious, monotonous, stupid things that like, I kind of dig it. Like, I don't know why, like, it's just like the nerd in me, which <laughs> just yeah. like, this seems so cool. Like, and I liked and like, wait a minute. No, that wasn't a privileged motion. Like, and I, I remember yes. like, by the end, the last day of the convention, I was sitting there saying, wait a minute, that's not privilege. That shouldn't, that shouldn't trump that. And, you know, going back and forth with everything. I actually kind of dug it and um, I, I look forward to having to unfortunately read up more about it and know exactly what I'm doing. But uh, something I think anyone who wants to be a delegate should at least get, you know, get the basics down. Yes. And by the same token, don't be that guy who tries to amend every motion and amend an amended motion and object to every little thing. Uh, you're, you're terrible. Whoever, if you're listening to this and you do that, you're terrible and you should stop uh, because that is not cool to the rest of us because we do want to get through these meetings, right? We, I don't know about you guys, but like, <laughs> sure. I, I, the best day of the best part of my day is not running a meeting and wielding Robert's rules of order like a cudgel against people that I disagree with. Right. So uh, you, you're saying like also don't turn to the person behind you and say eat a dick loud. <laughs> don't do that. No. Anymore. Yeah. That was that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be doing that. Um, Good. I could right, bring, cool. I could bring signs, maybe. I could hold up a big sign above my head with like a rebus with pictures, <laughs> but not literal pictures. Like you have to guess. <laughs> like it's like a college football game where like the coach on the sideline, he's, like the plays are just like some of these random pictures. But that one just be like eat a dick, like eat a dick, like, yes. big up. <laughs> yes, like a rat. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> We need a Mises uh, convention uh, committee to get all this in order. Because <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, yeah. I think it was at the convention when it was like when all like so if you had a delegate from each from each state, we need a, a coordinated effort in 2022 where it's like, and I forget where was it? It was at the Washington House, Otto, and mm -hmm. I forget oh, one yeah. dude from Illinois, and it was Miguel from Washington State, and we were all sitting in the kitchen, and he was like, "Yeah, we'll do like Ron Paul, like it's happening, like jazz hands, like." You know, like, and then yeah. like, so we'll all be in unison, like, because that was the other thing, just that massive convention hall and the audio was just, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm trying to pay attention, but it's just like, yeah. It, yeah, the audio was terrible. The audio was terrible. I, I guess, I don't know. If we could get live closed caption, that would be great. I don't know how expensive it would be. We get, I get it when I do depositions, you know, in, uh, in litigation. When, when people are talking, I'm looking at a computer screen and I have like a live transcription. So yeah, well, all, all the rage lately is having uh, someone at your press conference, you know, like the, the overly dramatic uh, person doing sign language. We should have something like that. <laughs> we should have sign language. I don't know if we have deaf members, but that would be an interesting thing. I can, I can sign conversational ASL. That was my foreign language. Nice. Uh, well, we need to, we need to up our game. Let's do that. Let's up our game in 2022. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So uh, for like 2021, so tell us like what uh, what state conventions are you going to? Like, what do you hope to accomplish by going to there? I am going to be in Alabama in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. I haven't been to Alabama in a while and I have extended family there that I haven't seen in, I don't know, over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. um, I, I think my dad is going to drive out. So everyone be nice to my dad. My dad has been radicalized by uh, reading Tom Woods books and he's decided oh, that nice. government is a joke. Right. And that he's like, he, he goes back and forth between uh, thinking that Rand Paul is good. And, you know, like maybe that part of the Republican party to be, can be saved versus uh, the whole thing is a scam and we should all stop voting and Angela <laughs> should riot and take over LA. So nice. like, um, <laughs> So I'm looking forward to the Alabama convention. I'm going to be talking a lot about uh, foundations for affiliates. We don't really talk much about, we don't really talk about why we want to build county parties and what the purpose is. 
we have sort of this vague notion that, well, we do it because we need it for freedom and we need as many libertarian parties to exist as possible, but we don't talk about really like why and what does it take to run a successful affiliate We'll, we'll say you need social media and you need bylaws, you need a person to do this or that, and then you just got to do a bunch of things. But what does that really mean? And uh, should you be purpose-driven and what's your purpose and what should you be oriented towards and uh, all kinds of interesting stuff like that. So I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit at uh, Alabama. I'm, I'm going to probably be visiting North Carolina on a short trip. I'm really looking forward to going to Michigan. Uh, if they have their convention on a weekend that I can attend, I really, really hope that they do. Um, I'm also gonna be at Porkfest. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and I'm really excited to drive just a few hours to go to the Vegas convention. And that's in uh, May, the first weekend of May. Nice. That is an exciting one. Have you been at Porkfest before, Angela? I have. I attended last year and I spoke about building communities in times of crisis regarding the lockdowns and that sort of stuff. And Porkfest was wonderful. They yeah. were really, they gave me a warm welcome. They were very Mises friendly. They, there was no Libertarian Party drama. Uh, Carla, who was running uh, the Free State Project at the time, was, I think she still is, she was just absolutely great. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to going back. Cool, cool. Yeah, I plan on going uh, this year. I haven't been, I've been three times, um, mm. but it's been probably about, four years since the last one I've been been to so yeah I'm looking forward to that this year so do it yeah. oh and oh, Washington yeah. I have to give a shout out to Washington I'm going to Washington Washington nice everyone all the cool kids are going to Washington yeah <laughs> when, when is that by the way which Jacob was on we could uh yeah. April 23rd maybe maybe Ooh. Okay. That's yeah. Too close. That's too close to ours yeah ours mm -hmm. is the 17th I was trying to finagle a way to get you to come to ours here in maryland uh but it's like the weekend before so it doesn't sound like it's going to be easy to get you to come but, but you're welcome and uh we'll see what we can do about uh maybe put some fundraising if you're willing to uh, I, on the spot <laughs> if i don't have another convention i'm open to going i'm still fundraising i have been fundraising for my travel i paid for a little bit out of it a little bit of it out of pocket I do think that if I'm going to be chairing the national, I need to be able to travel at least four times a year on my own dime. And that's something that I take pretty seriously, but I'm hitting a ton of conventions this year. Um, and I'm still paying off some medical bills from when I was horribly sick. I'm very happy to say I'm pretty much fully recovered now. Yeah. Which is another thing. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that people are rightfully curious about because if we're going to be traveling and chairing a national organization, I need to be in pretty decent shape. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was struggling with very serious Crohn's disease and the doctor was threatening to take out my colon. I got hospitalized over the summer of August or August, 2020. It was really insane. I thought I was going to get antibiotics and they were like, oops, we have to operate. And, um, wow. They cut into me to drain infection. I'm going to get gross here because I think it's interesting. And they left the wound open to drain. So I mm. had an open wound, uh, slowly healing that I had to pack full of gauze with no anesthetic for two months. Mm. Um, so, but let me put a libertarian spin on that. So a few months later, I'm mostly healed up, but not, you know, 100% because I still got the Crohn's stuff going on that caused all of that. And I was, I was able to get stem cell therapy and it really turned things around for me. Um, and I, I feel really strongly about this. We really need as libertarians to advocate for alternative uh, medicine in the United States and to deregulate uh, pharmaceuticals as much as we can because it was, it was expensive um, it's not prohibitively expensive, but it is for some people. And, um, I, there are, there are even better stem cell therapy treatments that are available outside, outside of the United States, but they're not available yet because of all of the stupid regulatory nonsense. And I think we, if we want to reach out to the left, right, if we want to reach out to people who are, who are really compassionate and this is why they vote for the democratic party we need to be championing this issue because i gotta tell you like the medical system in the united states nearly killed me it was awful 
once I was able to get the care that I needed and, you know, make some changes to my diet and, you know, I moved out of a house that was making me kind of ill too. It had mold and stuff in it. Like my life just like turned around. Um, so yeah, come on LP. Like let's, that's another cause we need to champion. Let's do it with passion. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the FDA. I mean, that's, that's all, that's, that's a message that's been lost in the LP as well. You know, yeah. it just seems like, they're focusing on all the wrong things that don't affect everyday individuals and seeing yeah. it first seeing it firsthand too. Like so many people can relate, like, but guys, tariffs are taxes that the customers pay. All right. right. Tariffs are taxes that the customers pay. How about like, how about yeah. we need to take these, these, you know, nerdy libertarian issues and we want to wrap them in emotional appeal. That's what I've done with the anti-lockdown videos in the California Mises Caucus. You know, we go out and we interview these business owners and the media team, by the way, is phenomenal. So I have to give them a shout out. We go out and we do these interviews and people tell their story. And obviously the point is that the lockdowns are ruining people's lives and we have to get rid of them. But instead of just coming across like really angry, ragey, like libertarians, you know, like we sit in our basements and like scream about how things are locked down, but it wouldn't matter because people like us wouldn't have socialized anyway, because we're so insufferable. That's how we come across sometimes on the internet. You know, like instead of doing that, we go out and we talk to people, (laughs) right? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And we just tell, we tell their stories and they're sad, but we kind of give this message of hope, right? That, hey, you know, we have the power to end this if we'll all just stand up and say enough. Um, And it's also like, it's really, it's really kind of hopeful and empowering to go out and talk to people. So many of these business owners, when we reach out to them, they're the first thing they say is thank you for even caring. Wow. That's like, wow. Ouch. You know, like, yeah. like it makes me like feel good that they're glad that I'm caring, but it hurt my heart to hear that no one cared. Oof. That's the yeah. kind of messaging we need to be putting out at the national level. You right. Know, and I, even on a local level, I, I know I, I overly talk about this on this podcast, but there's a restaurant to go to. It's a German restaurant. It's it's formed from this, this famous beer hall that was here in Maryland. And um, the owners of it, after they closed down the beer hall, they opened up this German restaurant. It's called Bavarian Brohaus. And I go there all the time. I over talk about it because I'm, I'm always there. I'm like a barfly there <laughs> half the time. Um, and they're struggling. I mean, they're absolutely struggling. The Anne Arundel County is the county they're in, and they've gone back and forth like, se- like several times, whether they're, okay, you're fully closed, so you're open to 25%, you're open to 50%, and then they closed them again. And it's just been tragic because, this, you know, I, the owner, he's just such a great guy. I mean, he's such a great guy, and he looks after all of his, the waitresses that are there. You know, he, I'm pretty sure he financially helps them, like when, you know, after they close down. And so I was there. So I was actually there tonight. They actually opened up on a Tuesday and I was there tonight and it was just me, the owner and the wait in this one waitress. And I was just sitting at the bar and just drinking. And um, so after I had this relationship with them, they had this big old open back uh, and we were struggling to find a place to have the Maryland convention. And I just suggested that we go here. And he was like, hell yeah, like, let's do it. And he's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the, the restrictions. Like we'll, we'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. And he's like, we'll make it happen. And that's where I took it to the board. I'm also on the board of the Maryland libertarian party. I took it to them and they were like, fine. Yeah, let's do it. You know, you know, he's pretty much giving us a great deal and he's really helping us, uh, helping us and we're helping him. And I think this is a perfect message to send that the Maryland libertarian party is for struggling businesses. And that's what he's telling me. He's like, I'm struggling to keep it afloat. And he's like, you know, I don't know what else to do. And, you know, I just hope that, that we can kind of show here locally that we're here to help, you know, uh, with uh, uh, our messaging, our philosophy is we got to end these stupid lockdowns and open up completely. And uh, hopefully we can do that by having this convention there. And, and I'm proud. I'm proud. That I'm, I actually am like, I'm really proud that I, I was able to help him out. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's you're rebuilding communities. Government has come in and just like absolutely destroyed destroyed people's lives. Like they've just like laid waste. It's not just businesses, right? Like, I guess like these champagne socialists who are for these lockdowns because they have these cushy tech jobs, they can work from home. They don't understand that. Like, it's not just, oh, I can't go to work and I'm on unemployment. It's like, you drained my child's college fund. You, you know, my kid, my, my high school child is, is depressed because 
they missed prom. They missed senior football season. They were hoping to get a scholarship. Uh, yeah. Grandma hasn't seen her kids in a year and a half. You know, grandma has Alzheimer's and dementia, so that we can't even take her out of the home. Uh. And, and take, there's like the horror stories, right? But so the Libertarian Party should like we come in, right? We yeah. come in and we're like, this is awful. We are here for you, though. We're going to do everything we can to help you, and we care. Um, I don't think that. Th- I don't think that this is like soft, watered down messaging. I think it's compassionate messaging that's also really radical. And, you know, I'd like to see National do that. It's good that Maryland's doing it. Maryland's doing it. Uh, California's doing it. It can, it can be done. Come on, it can be done. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they dropped the ball. This was this is a golden opportunity that they just didn't even mention for an entire year. I mean, it's, yeah. per, they're perpetually fumbling all the time. And, but... You know, that's why we got to fill the void and mm-hmm. take, take it over. Yeah. And we I swear, I went to the board. I went to the board and I was like, we have to say something. This was a few months ago. I was like, we have to say something about this lockdown. Like, I and I they we shut people- down like because the thing in uh, Maryland, Angela, it's like these counties, like the county executive is like, oh, I'm vying to be the next whatever, you know, going up the ladder mm-hmm. of statism. So everyone, so every county's different and different. And so it's like Baltimore City, they were just like, hey, a month before Christmas, fuck you, bars, restaurants, you're closed. Not, you can't even be, you can't even have tents and heaters and shit for those that actually want to sit on a sidewalk, like leading up to Christmas. And they just reopened Baltimore. But then for like two weeks, and here we go again, libertarian, like it's a, this is a golden opportunity was that they shut down, they allowed strip clubs or bars and restaurants could reopen, but strip clubs were closed for an additional like another month. So it wasn't until there was a big rally. I don't, I don't think you heard about, did you hear about it, Otto? There was like a huge rally oh, I heard. Yeah, oh, yeah, down yeah, at yeah. City Hall and it was all oh, yeah. like sex industry workers. And it was a couple strip clubs that basically were like, you're violating our first amendment, right? Like just, they just were like, now we're coming after you like people are getting sick and tired like i think we're turning the corner where this mess radical messaging is going to resonate with people and we're we're gonna in the long run it's like you you were right you were right and we have to we have to start this is another thing point to um uh, a guy who's also on the board of the libertarian party of maryland he, he he said it and it was like really clear just the way he said it. he's like we have to start owning our issues we have to start not just saying, oh, well, hey, I, you know, come in at the at the end and say, oh, well, we also supported that. You know, we have to be in the forefront of our of these issues. And so I kind of I took the initiative with with that being in mind. And I, are you familiar with the decriminalized nature movement that's going on? Oh, yeah, Angela? absolutely. So I just took it upon myself that I, I was in this local Baltimore psychedelic group. And some guys like, Hey, I'm thinking about putting together a decrim Baltimore. I said, I'm in, I'm, I just said, I need to be in this completely. We, we, you know, we went ahead, we've moved everything forward. We formed uh, everything like, and I, I just like, I have to be in on this. I have to be on the ground floor of this. Like, I feel like it'd be a disservice to the message and the movement to not be a part of something, even if it's small and incremental. And I know, I know there's a lot of you know, controversy with people, the decrim movement versus legalization. But I was like, I have to be a part of this. And so we're meeting tomorrow with the city council president in Baltimore city to talk about, you know, decriminalizing, you know, we're going to say, we're going to ask for all drugs. Like we're going to be like, Hey, let's decriminalize everything. Like, what do you think about that? You know? And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of settle back into, you know, just natural entheogens. And I mean, like, and that's something it's, it's a whole, I'm with a bunch of leftists, like hardcore socialist anti-racist just fucking out there like and you know what i mean it's like it's a coalition like i have to be a part of this they have to know that we care and i got the i got the central committee of maryland to vote in favor of endorsing decriminalized nature baltimore and i also got i i was also working with decriminalized nature dc towards the end when they passed it and i also got spike to endorse the initiative as well uh, I was really proud of that. Um, me and uh, Paul Bracco from Virginia, we worked on that together and we got that done. And I just like, these are the kind of issues that we need to kind of, we need to be a part of. And it does, and I'm not with a bunch of these people probably wish I was dead, you know, <laughs> if they really knew my real political leanings, but we're here working together to help free, you know, help make our lives a little more free, you know? And I think that's just such an important thing and all libertarians should be a part of, a part of this. And 
and I think Nashville could play a big role in this if they can just throw fire and just let people know and demand attention and get, get some type of recognition that way, get people eyeballs onto the party in a, maybe not, it might not be positive, but it also, it's probably more positive than it would be now. Like you said, we were talking about before, like most people just associate, associate us with like craziness or like some type of infighting as it is. We, we need to start making our, our message more concrete, more radical. That would, yeah. The, the decrim nature movement is really amazing. I would love to see national support that, um, you know, like how we've done, like how California has done with the anti-lockdown videos. Mm -hmm. It would be really great to do some short interviews with people whose lives have been changed through psychedelics, vets who have PTSD. 100%. That would really yep. get, that would get people. That would be amazing. Um, my, my, I, I was asking for um, testimonials um, we're gonna, I'm going to bring it to the board. I'm going to read to the city council president. And one of them I got today, it almost broke me down. Like I almost like broke out in tears. Like I was, I was upset because I've known this guy for a while and um, we're not like the best of friends, but just hearing what he said, he was a veteran and he said he had a death wish. And he was like, I just went to war because I thought that'd be the easiest way to die without hurting my family. And I just didn't, Damn. I gave up on life. And he was like, and then one day I was on, I, I, you know, before my, my one deployment to Afghanistan, I just went and took a bunch of these mushrooms, just trying to just kind of stare up at the sky and whatever, just take my mind off things. And he said like the trip he went on, he didn't know it at the time, but like, as he went forward and he was like, it made him question his life, question existence. And like, he realized like life was worth living for his family. And it was like, and he said, because of that, after everything, he's like lost a bunch of weight. He started working out his mindset changed. And he said, like, I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for that. And it's something he didn't even intend to do. It just happened. And like, I mean, I was like, wow, I was one. I had never heard something like this before. Like, and I mean, I've heard stories. I've known uh, Michael Heiss has talked about this too, about how close mm -hmm. he was with depression and, and, but just hearing it like for a person, like, it, I don't know, it, it was something relatable about it to it as well. And I just, it, it's, it's crazy to think that psychedelics and, just the lies and propaganda we've been told about all of our lives about this stuff. And everyone I talked to is just like, wow, it's no, like it changes you. Even, even a bad trip changes you. Like it changes and like for the better after a while. And that's what I want to spread. I want to spread that message. And it would be fucking kick ass if I could get nationals help, you know, something with a yeah. bigger platform. Yeah, that would be amazing. And yeah, national needs to be telling these stories there. It's pretty radical, right? To say that we want to decriminalize all drugs. We want to decriminalize psychedelics, but it really is a message of hope to say that these things are healing people and they're healing people from trauma caused by government, by war. I think that's like the perfect thing that we should be doing. Radical messaging wrapped in, you know, carefully curated emotional arguments, but they're authentic. They're very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I hope that we can do better at this. I, I really do. Um, this is something, you know, I, I've been, we've been in the, involved in the Mises caucus for several years now. Um, you know, like I told the story, well, it's, you know, I've over talked about it, but like Michael Heiss came down. I, we, I do me and Alex do punk rock libertarians podcast. Um, and I, Michael Heiss came down and he just asked me, he's like, Hey man, do you mind starting something up in Maryland? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, me neither. <laughs> like, Let's just do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And ever since then, he's just been in this, this, this goal of trying to get more support, more help from national to make it more radical, make it more of a principle message. And, you know, we're making a lot of headway and I, you know, so with, you know, with, with some of the stuff you were saying and stuff, it kind of gives us hope. And I, you know, I've met Joe Bishop Henchman. Um, actually we, uh, me and Alex met him at, at the Spike Cohen event in Northern Virginia over the summer. And I mean, he could have been a nicer guy like to us. He knew we were Mises caucus. He knew and he just appreciated us. And it was really great conversation. But, but then like he goes away and he just disappears and I don't really hear from him. And whenever he posts on social media, it's always to his own personal group. Yeah. Which, is weird, which I, I, don't know, I, find, I find that really weird. He never posts like on his page. He posted from his page to his group and that's about it. And I, I don't mean to make it a personal attack on him. It's just, I just feel like, like we've been saying, like going back to the main issues, this is the biggest infringement on our civil liberties. Yeah, and he's, it's just been silent. And I know he, a lot of people, like a lot of people in, I mean, even in here in Maryland, they're, they're in the Libertarian Party and they didn't want us, they didn't want us pass this, this um, anti-lockdown statement. 
they were like, you know, I, I feel like we're just saying stuff that Trump people would say. And oh, good grief. I know. And it's like they're scared. They're scared. They're scared politically. They're scared for their own safety. And I, I just, I, I mean, at this point in time, we have to stand up and just be brave and be bold, <laughs> you know? And so fortunately, you know, I got enough members of the board to approve this message and we, we put it out there just straight condemning all of it. And it was, I was really proud to have that go out. And I'm just like, why, why can't national do something like this? And I know right. and we, it feels like we just keep constantly complaining about it, but I feel like that's, you know, you, you know, you're, you're here and uh, you're talking to us about it. And I don't know if I could get Joe, Joe on here. I didn't know if I could get Nick on here. I didn't know, like, so I, I appreciate you coming and talking to us about it. I really do. Well, thanks for having me. I, I'm really hopeful for the future. I think that the Mises Caucus has enough delegates already that we're probably going to sweep at national. But more importantly, even than that, like we are, we are changing the culture and we're influencing the party in a really good way. I, you know, I met with some people who work at Reason over the weekend and they were complimentary of us. Nice. And I know that a lot of people think reason, oh, they're blue pill, they're this, they're that. But the, the reality is a lot of them are libertarians who are fed up with the lockdowns. And they were not pleased to hear that National had not spoken out against the lockdowns. They were just like, what is going on? Right, like uh, where's, where's the Libertarian Party? What, like, yeah. MIA, yeah. like what, wait, this whole time? Like, yeah, yeah. we're being, we're, the, the National LP has being, is being outdone by reason. Mm. on principled messaging. So you can take that however you want, right? Um, right? But the good news is we're making waves and we're winning people over. Uh, so we just have to keep doing what we're doing because I think that the, the work is incredible. The outreach is incredible and we're just on the up and up. So I, I think it's all good vibes. So at your convention, Angela, you have, uh, you got two pretty, uh, pretty great guest speakers lined up. Can you tell us about that? Yes, so the California uh, Libertarian Party Convention is May 14th through 16th, and the Mises Caucus is having... Uh, it's the same it's, one at same time as Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice, so, nice. So we're okay. having our own uh, reception uh, welcoming event uh, Friday, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Initially, it was going to be uh, a couple of speakers, maybe just one speaker in the evening after the California, the official reception was over. And uh, by the way, at the official reception, there's no official speakers. So we're not, we're not really stepping on anyone's toes with this. I tried really carefully to make sure we were not conflicting with any keynote speakers. So initially we were gonna get Thaddeus Russell, which is awesome. But then it turned out that we also are gonna have Brian Sharp, AKA Hotep Jesus. And that ruffled some feathers, not as many feathers as I thought, just the usual suspects. But the reality is we are, we are welcoming people into, I don't know that either of them are gonna join the Libertarian Party, but Thad is very supportive of the Mises Caucus. And I know that Brian Sharp is very interested. And so we're welcoming into Libertarian culture and they are going to bring a lot of people in to see them speak. And it's gonna yeah. be a great fundraising outreach event for us. And I'm really excited to do outreach to Hotep to give him a really warm welcome and to show him and other members of kind of Liberty adjacent communities that like, like hey, like we appreciate the work that you're doing to kind of help red pill, red pill people on um, like economics and cryptocurrency yeah. and technology. And, you know, like we want to be a part of that movement. Exactly. Yeah. Like any ally that's on, yeah, that's red pilling people, you know, mm -hmm. it's like we should have an open mind towards them because I don't know if, so I just recently started following Hotep and I watched the Grifty Awards. Did you see those, Angela? Like uh, Only like little clips. Oh, so I just have, cause I was like, oh, let me find out a little bit more about him. So that was the first, like besides just following him on Twitter, that was like the first, and I watched it. And when he was clowning Sean King, yeah, <laughs> that clip, I think it's like, I remember it was like at the 20 minute mark. Cause I texted my girlfriend who like, she's kind of red pill too with the lockdowns and she's probably libertarian now. She voted for Joe, like she comes out to Mises events. And so I was like, this is fucking hilarious. I was like, check this part out at like the 20 minute mark. And she graduated from an age, like a historic black college. So I'm like, 
Let me see how this goes over with her. And she was laughing her fucking ass off. She texted me. She, she called me and she was like, holy shit. And I'm like, right. And I'm like, this guy is like, kind of like red pilling people to this, to like the issues, like the Mises caucus and what we're trying to do to reach a wider audience. And it's like, so when I saw like the loser brigade <laughs> on Twitter coming out, I'm like, oh, the fucking usual show. Like, I don't yeah. even want to like, I, I don't even want to bother to like, just, just look the other way. Don't, yep. don't even like, don't focus any energy that way because it's not worth it. Cause it's like, wait, how many followers do you have? Yep. And you're hating on this? Like you're fuck like clown world, clown world yeah. libertarians. It's like, why bother? So it's, it's red nose and big shoes. Most of those people who hate <laughs> yeah. on everything we do don't actually do anything right. and they don't, they're miserable. They don't lead lives of purpose. They're not oriented towards freedom. They're not active in the party. Yeah. So I just like feel really sorry for them. And yeah, I, probably, yeah. I, I probably blocked like half of them because I, after having a really good conversation with Michael Heiss a couple months ago, like I realized he, he's right. He's like, Angela, like you don't owe anyone your attention on social media who is like annoying you or giving right. you a hard time. It's casting pearls before swine. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're right. Like I don't actually owe them anything. I don't have to be nice to them. I can just not engage with them at all. Yeah. It's like, I don't work for them. Like they're not my boss. So I just like, I, I probably blocked like half of them. And then they're probably like scream about it. Oh, I can't believe, oh, she's such a coward. Ah, and I'm just like, okay, like enjoy your day. Like <laughs> have a lot more on my plate to do than like scream with uh, losers. And I don't want to follow them. I just want to follow them just to keep an eye on them, but not engage, you know? But it's like, ah, if I just unfollow them, it just would just, yeah. Over, I, I, it's like, I was, what am I doing? I'm only, ah. I've been a part of the Fakertarians group <laughs> since its inception. Um, so I'm kind of like, in, I'm just invested at this point. I just watch back and it just like shake my head. Just like, my oh, God. yeah. Just I the mean, amount the, of reing that goes yeah. on in there. Whew. I'm in the group so I can look at it every once in a while, but same here. I, that's what you I won't know. see, you won't see comments from me or participation. There's just like, there's just, there's only so many hours in the day. And if I can't accomplish what I want to do, I certainly shouldn't be spending my time doing things that would make me um, miserable or like angry or, or even irritated. <laughs> I don't get my time. Right. Yeah. It, it, that place can definitely do that to you. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I get more pissed off seeing people insult uh, other people like you know like hating on dave smith or tom woods who's like one of the nicest human beings i've ever right. met I know. extremely generous has is just like like does so much for the cause yeah. and then i see some like cringy like angry leftist incel losers like tom woods is a racist and a neo-confederate and 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 he's armenian and i'm like what um, right. I can't even like, and he's short and I'm like we're not allowed to be like racist and like sexist and all these ists right? but you can be like yeah. go fuck yourself it's, um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous like we had we had Dave Smith on Punk Rock Libertarians um, I'm looking forward to meeting him up at the Pennsylvania convention because uh, Otto yeah. and I are going to just a quick little drive up to yeah. Pittsburgh like do it. it's going to be dope so, but um, I'm just curious to like talk to him in person because it's like if you just watch the Hotep interview, both both the interviews back and forth, all the loser brigade. It's like if you just watch the first two minutes, five minutes, ten. Why would someone that's why would they even be having a conversation, let alone multiple conversations, if they were what you say they are, loser brigade? So it's just it's not even worth time discussing them sometimes. Yeah, they're, they're engaging. It's like. Oh, if he's really a racist or uh, an anti-Semite, why would a Jew from New York want to interview? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's yeah. just such bullshit all the time. They've, they've already taken up more of our time than they deserve. But I will say this. When you have an organization that can be big or small, and you start cleaning it up, and you start doing really meaningful work, and you're lifting yourself from a kind of a lowly place to a higher place, the people who are down low with you are going to see you do that and they're going to wig out 
and they're going to do everything they can to drag you back down because they do not want to see you be successful. That's Mm -hmm. what's happened. And we just have to like acknowledge it and just keep climbing up. Don't feed the trolls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Just ignore them. Lock it out. But uh, yeah, this was awesome. I'm glad you got to come on, Angela. Uh, we'll we'll get this out hopefully pretty soon, not too late. Maybe we'll promote it. It's in the it'll, name, so please, yeah. just, it'll probably be late. <laughs> but it'll be on the Punk Rock Libertarians feed. So if you're listening to this, obviously you're listening to Punk Rock Libertarians. So so thank you for that. I really do appreciate that as well. Yep, throw them and, some uh, shekels, and uh, you got. <laughs> You got anything to promote, Otto or uh, Angela? You got what? What do you have? Yeah, to- where can people find you? Like, where um, where can people help donate? Uh, get you to these conventions? You know, anything you want to plug, go for it. Thank you for asking. If you'd like to help me uh, with my travel fund, which I would greatly appreciate, especially if you want me to be visiting in your state, you can go to AngelaMcArdle.com and you can find out uh, updates about my chair race there. I have a Patreon that's linked there and. Um, not to sound too grifty, but there is a PayPal link that I uh, hate promoting because it sounds grifty, but it's there. <laughs> um, so thank you for everyone who has helped out so far. I do really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to meeting so many of you in person. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, re- I really got, I got a chance to talk to you about all, you know, all these things. We'd love to have you on. Maybe we'll have you on again in the future. Hopefully uh, you'll be the future chair at that point. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we still got to get through 2021 and uh, part of 2022. So uh, um, thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, and uh, thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.